It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Right, before we get to baseball, just a couple of quick mm-hmm. updates. One, and we'll be tracking this next week because I'm expecting some kind of ruling or decision to be made. It does seem, Craig, like the support for a nine-game SEC schedule, at least at the outset of Texas and Oklahoma joining the conference, is dwindling. So mm. you could see him go to an eight-game schedule. Now, here's why. Uh, if the SEC goes to a nine-game schedule, then that's more quality game inventory, which then the league will want more money from ESPN, who's going to be the exclusive media rights partner for football and men's basketball. Mm-hmm. The problem is ESPN, now granted, they just, they're paying Pat McAfee a bunch of money and they've got salaries to Troy Aikman and Joe Buck and Stephen A. Smith, but they're also having massive layoffs right now, Disney is, and ESPN's impacted yeah. by that and they don't necessarily want to fork over more cash than they have earmarked right now. So I think initially you could see, if it's an eight-game schedule like we've talked about, then you're going to go to the model where you just play one permanent opponent per year, and then you're going to rotate the other seven opponents, which in that case for Texas, from everything we've heard at Horns 24-7, you get to Horns 24-7, we got plenty more on the SEC schedule because we don't have time to get into all of it here. The permanent opponent for Texas, from my understanding, would be Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and then they would rotate everybody else. So you'll get Texas, Texas A&M in football at some point. There's just a growing possibility that it might not be in 2024 or 2025. Very interesting if it happens that way. So it does seem like they're, and maybe for the first few years, I don't know, I would think at some point they're going to be able to go to a nine-game schedule. But it does seem like which, if you're a Texas fan or an Oklahoma fan, just get your head wrapped around for the 24 and 25 seasons. Maybe an eight-game schedule. You're, well, you're probably going to have to. If that's the case, you're probably going to have an FCS team on the you're schedule. Have, it'll be uh, no way to avoid it. Texas will be drawn into Cupcake. Yes, yeah, no way to avoid it at that point. You can play a Division One. I. I mean, Massachusetts is a Division. Yeah, one but program. In that, at that you're finding independence. It's it'd be yeah. really hard to to schedule yeah. uh, an FBS opponent late in the season yeah. like that too when they do that. Yep. So maybe Texas is playing. I don't know UIW or. Pick your FCS school. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Tarleton. Yeah. Or is Tarleton so, going to the – I don't know where Tarleton is right now in Comfort Alignment. Tarleton's going to the Southland, aren't they? Are they already there? They're in the whack. Okay. Well, never mind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're, in, they're in the whack. Speaking of which uh, – Oh, basketball note. Real quick. Sorry, yes. Craig. The dead period ends at midnight tonight. Okay. So starting tomorrow – uh, colleges can host recruits. For Texas, it still looks like Caleb Love, the North Carolina transfer, is pretty high up on the board. Cam Spencer, the Rutgers transfer, both guards, by the way, uh, pretty high up on the board for Texas. It's interesting, really interesting name popped up on the in the transfer portal, or at least going announcing he's going into the portal yesterday. Tyler Burton from Richmond, who's still in the NBA draft pool, by the way. The 31st, next Wednesday, is the deadline for that. Uh it's it's been reported by a couple of different outlets 
that Tyler Burton, when he goes into the portal, right, really six seven wing, really talented scorer for Richmond. It's been reported, Craig, that he's going to go into the portal with a do not contact tag, which means one of two things: one, either he already knows where he's going, or two, he's only going to allow. He only wants contact with certain schools. In other words, he doesn't want the flood of schools contacting him. He'll basically don't call me; I'll call you, mm-hmm. kind of thing. So it could be one or the other, but. You know, and I I can tell you Texas was doing due diligence on him yesterday. Has been doing due diligence. Uh, could see something there, but I think over the next twenty four to forty eight hours, we'll we'll figure out where things are, including what if there is a no contact tag, what exactly it means. Okay. Uh, so with regard to your deal about the uh, SEC scheduling, somebody said I don't understand why they can't go to four pods of four. That means you'd play the same three people every year, and then. Uh, from each other product, they had a nine-game schedule, so every two years everyone would get to play everyone. The way I understood it is it doesn't work the pods with the three-team rotating with 16 teams in the league. Yeah. I, There's pods. four teams per pod, but remember you're playing three and that it doesn't work in a 16. That's was it, that's that the way I had it explained to me. I think it was about a year ago around mm-hmm. the SEC meetings last year where it was – Everybody reported coming out of that deal that pods were pods were off the table. Yep, that it wasn't that it wasn't going to happen that way. So, yeah, we'll uh, we'll continue to follow it and see and see why it, uh, you know, see what would be there. Uh, with regard to Coastal Bend, somebody said Sinton played there last night, lost one nothing. Adrian Allen, he said they left twelve runners on base. Uh, hopefully, that was just game one there for Sinton for Adrian's uh, team. Their APD number one about my deal with the. Uh, uh, with uh, the Texas Jam, said championship levels of dehydration. It really was. So, yeah. Uh, and Bruce said, can the uh, real Craig Wade please stand up? I, I was 18 years old at the time. I didn't even know. Stink, Craig, as, as you get into an advanced age, if you start having problems that require a trip to the urologist, blame it on Texas Jam. Yeah, 1979, June of 79. It'll all get get traced back to there. Yeah. Fortunately, I haven't had that issue. Uh, And somebody else pointed out, Sammy was with uh, Montrose. He was never able to sing for much more than an hour. Yeah, because he was driving it. Listen to some of the music of Montrose to hear some good rock. Yeah, that's that's very true. Uh, With regard to uh, baseball, and and again, we'll we'll find out, obviously, on Monday morning uh, what the regional uh, release is. We'll find out Sunday. Right. We'll find out who the regional hosts yeah. are Sunday. Yeah. That's that's for sure. Uh, so it'll be Sunday night. Those will be, and and I think that's just going to be a crawl across the bottom of the screen, probably in a softball telecast, a super yeah, regional. Yeah, I think it was telecast. A, an online deal last year. It, they did it both. They yeah. did a dual release on okay. that. So there's that. So you'll probably find out uh, on, on that. Um, Jeff mentioned uh, D1 Baseball did update the regional projections, but the updated ones still list uh, Texas uh, playing in Stanford as the 2C with UC Santa Barbara the 3 and, oh, there's somebody they know, San Jose State (laughs) as the 4. These updated ones, for example, shifted Kansas State from Gainesville, Florida to Kentucky. See, and again, there seems to be more logical flex about that flexing about with the threes than the twos uh the twos there's a lot more heading out west or heading east or whatever with regard to that um and in the uh, baseball america projections as we said they've got texas in uh, auburn alabama 
Um, the the ones to continue to watch during the weekend uh, to see, um, you know, you see teams like uh, Kentucky and Alabama that, that, that took losses. Auburn is listed uh, is where uh, Texas would be in that one. Now, um, you also, <laughs> excuse me, have to keep an eye on bid stealers. It could happen again, although the amount is going to be low and the ones that would be bid stealers may come really from leagues that only the the champion is going to come. And I submit to you the WAC. Uh, Grand Canyon won the WAC by one half game over Sam Houston because uh, they played one less conference game. They got a rain out, and they had one less loss than the Bearcats. So they were the mm-hmm. one seed. Sam Houston was the two. Sam Houston took an early loss in the tournament. Now they battled their way back. They've got an elimination game today against Abilene Christian. On the other side of the bracket is Grand Canyon. They had won their first game. They had to play a UTA team that had lost its first game to UTRGV, which has since been eliminated. Then UTA came back and had to play two games yesterday. They eliminated Seattle, and then late, late last night, yes, I saw the end of it, UTA beat Grand Canyon 6-5. to five. Among the heroes for the Mavericks, who came out of the bullpen and pitched a scoreless eight, stop me if the name sounds familiar, Caden Noah, the one-time Longhorn yeah. pitcher from Longview. Yeah. Um, he pitched a scoreless eight. They held on. They won 6-5. So now what has to happen is um, – it will be Grand Canyon. UTA has to play uh, for the the winner, I think it is, of uh, Grand Canyon and somebody else. And then, and then they're on one side of the bracket, and then Sam Houston and Abilene Christian on the other side of the bracket. So you could wind up with a bid stealer there, although it isn't a bid stealer in the truest sense of the word because that league looks like it's only going to get its tournament champion in anyway. Grand Canyon, Grand Canyon got in as an at-large last year, remember when New Mexico yeah. State won the league, doesn't appear that that's going to happen uh, this time around. What about the Missouri Valley uh, with the, Indiana State? Uh, yeah, that would be a bid steal. Well, uh, Missouri State is a team that if they were to win it, uh, then then that would be a bid stealer. Uh, they were right on the, uh, the cusp for a little while ago. But probably yes, Indiana State's going to get in regardless. Okay, they're they're listed as a host right now on D one. Now, if they wind up not winning the Valley, then they're probably going to uh, you know they're not going to be a regional host, but they would still get in the field. So I think you keep an eye on that today. Yeah, uh, Missouri State, Murray State, by the way, in that semifinal. Yeah, in the in the yeah. Missouri Valley, they're underway right now. They started okay. at ten. Yeah, and then Dallas Baptist is still rolling along in the Conference USA tournament. Uh, UTSA is done. It's a shame for them because they had it rolling for a while. They're not even going to be. It, it, they kind of suffered the same fate that Texas State has been suffering down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Texas State's still alive, but they've got to win uh, some more. I think if if they were to win uh, against Louisiana tonight and then beat Coastal twice to get to the Sun Belt tournament final and play like a Troy in the tournament final um, or, or Southern Miss, then they might have a shot to get back in on the at-large if there isn't too yeah. much bid stealing going on. But they definitely got to win at least three more games, and the pitching is starting to get a little lean now. Can I say something positive for, for Texas Yeah, right now? Um, I, I do like the fact, and 
you know, when you get into regional play, especially if you're in the position Texas is with your staff, you know, your starters and your bullpen, just your pitching staff being what it is right now, mm-hmm. especially if no Heston Toll, no David Shaw, you're losing two, real, two good bullpen hands. I like the fact that now with with LeBaron, with LBJ's emergence, the fact that I'm not taking anything away from Lucas Gordon at all, but the fact that, you know, you might struggle with that decision, okay, do you throw your number one guy in the opener? Do you save him for two? I don't think David Pierce has to worry about that because you can just go, well, Gino, that first game, follow him up with LBJ. And oh, I yeah. think you're just keep the rotation what it is, and I think you're fine. Like you feel like you can go win both games. And because those going back to what we talked about in the first hour, those two guys gave you a chance to win both the games you lost the last two days. Going on a day's less rest. They're bo- they're they're go- both gonna have bonus rest yeah. for the regional. Two extra days. Mm-hmm. And that's where I li- I like their chances uh with uh Lucas Gordon in game one and LeBaron Johnson in Game 2. I do. I, I, I think but it's you good. But you got to stay in the winner's bracket, not yep. just because of your bullpen situation. If you can keep Tanner Witt in a, ryth- in a, in a rhythm, in a routine, keep him on mm-hmm. schedule, that's going to benefit you all that much more. That's what really hurt Oklahoma in the Big 12 tournament last night. It looked like with Peyton Carmichael, they were they were rolling, and mm-hmm. that they were going to – They he had a 5 nothing lead handed to him. But as Skip Johnson pointed out, they just – they they didn't make, they didn't get their outs on time. Yeah. Made mistakes and errors. Tech comes back and wins. Now Oklahoma, which is a bubble team on the plus side, but nevertheless a bubble team, is going to have to beat uh, of the sixty four of the sixty four at large. The D one has Oklahoma sixty two. So that's, they're that's that's bubbleicious. Rip right there. Yeah, absolutely.